keep it on Psalm 23 for now. And as our sister Mi Jung just read, uh, this is the famous psalm about the Lord is my shepherd. How many of you guys have memorized this psalm? It's like a pretty famous psalm. Oh yeah, there's a lot of you have memorized it, right? It's a good psalm to memorize. Good psalm. Now, if you're ready to hear the word of God, say yeah. yeah. And one of the most intimate pictures that the Bible gives us of our relationship with God is that between a shepherd and his sheep. Now, shepherds were known in the Old and New Testament to have very intimate interaction with their sheep. Very intimate interaction. And we may not have a deep appreciation for this dynamic in our modern culture, but it is worth investigating because it is filled with rich meaning. Shepherd and sheep. It'll be okay. All right. It'll be all right. All right. Uh, turn to go ahead. Turn to Psalm, Psalm 23. Let's look at that. And let's dive into the Word of God. Here the author begins with, The Lord is my shepherd. Now the people of Israel, they were used to speaking about God as our God. So for the author to say, The Lord is my shepherd... It places an emphasis on the intimacy that God is not only the God over tribes and people. God is also the God of individuals. It's a very personal and intimate tone by which this psalm begins. Now let me ask you a question. Is the Lord your shepherd? To Say the Lord is my shepherd. Now if the Lord is your shepherd, then what does that make you? Turn to your neighbor, tell him, I'm a sheep. Ah. Now, something else that is worth uh, noting here is to note who is the author of this psalm. Now, we all know it's David, right? And we all know that David... Is a great king. He's, the, he's one, of, one of the most greatest kings of Israel that has ever lived. And uh, what, is int- what is helpful to remember, though, is that before David became a king, we got to remember where he started. You see, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34, it records how David describes himself to King Saul when he's about to fight Goliath. This is what he says. He says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Now, Saul is like, young man, why should I let you fight Goliath? You're going to get yourself killed. Right? And David answers by saying, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Right? Not the best way to answer, you know, how are you going to kill Goliath, right? But he goes on and says, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. And I struck it. And I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. It's not like I got a lucky shot in and killed the lion. It's like, I seized that lion by its hair. I said, look at me, lion. How dare you attack? I'm going to kill you. And he just, I seized it by his hair, struck it, and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. 
going back to David's roots, we got to remember the author of this psalm was a shepherd. And as you can tell by the risks that he took to protect his sheep, he was a really good one. So when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, it really meant something. Now, let me give you some background info on sheep. One commentary, the background commentary to the Old Testament says it like this. It says, in contrast to goats who are quite independent, sheep depend on the shepherd to find pasture and water for them. Shepherds also provide shelter, medication, and aid in birthing. In summary, sheep are virtually helpless without the shepherd. You know, I was born in 1979. And according to the Chinese zodiac calendar, I am a Yangti. Is uh, the year of the? I was born in the year of the Lamb. So you know, my my I had my friend one one friend you know older folks were like rats and there were snakes and horses. Compared to them, I thought I was a fairly cute animal. So I like I like the idea that I was a sheep. I was a lamb. Actually, uh, a lamb is just uh, simply a young sheep. Okay, and so uh, I always thought that was pretty cool until I began to learn about sheep. Sheep are very unintelligent animals. They're cute, but they do not know how to make good decisions. And they tend to just follow the group. In July of 2005, there was a USA Today article reporting the story of how one sheep jumped to its death over a cliff. And to the shock of a small town in Turkey... 1,500 other sheep followed and jumped without missing a beat. At the end, there were 450 sheep that were dead. So I guess the other remaining sheep, they were cushioned because there were so many sheep dying. Cushioned the fall. Cost that little town a hundred thousand U.S. dollars, which is like a lot of money to them. I mean, sheep are dumb. They are really dumb animals. They're really dumb, for reals. Uh, they are also one of the most helpless animals on the earth. You know, all animals have some kind of defense mechanism. You know, but sheep, they don't got nothing. They are vulnerable to all kinds of disease. Parasites and predators. Bugs, they like to go and lay eggs in their nostrils. And then these, these eggs go up the brain and then the larvae hatch and they eat up the sheep's brain. And sheep have no way to defend themselves from that. Uh, when a sheep gets attacked by a predator, they have very little means to protect themselves. And even if they survive an attack, they often die because of the injuries or they can die just simply from panic. <laughs> uh, these are helpless animals. Sheep are helpless without a shepherd. And that's why a shepherd must watch over the flock at all times. So David probably spent countless hours just caring for the sheep. Day after day. David was familiar with the intimacy between a sheep and a shepherd. In fact, later on, when David grew up and became the king, he did not 
forget this intimacy. In fact, when David committed adultery with Bathsheba and murdered her husband Uriah, the prophet Nathan had to confront David about his sin. And do you know what Nathan did? Nathan used the story of a rich man killing the only lamb of a poor man. Who the, where the poor man was taking care of that little lamb like his own children. And the rich man, when he had guests come over, he went and took the little lamb from the poor man and butchered it and, and had meat and steak for his guests. Anyway, Nathan tells David this story and David gets so angry. He says, what kind of wickedness is this? This man deserves to die. And Nathan turned to him and said, you are that man, David. Now, out of all the ways in which Nathan could have confronted David with his sin, Nathan knew that David was familiar of the intimacy between the shepherd and the sheep. And that thing was closer to David's heart than that analogy. And so when Nathan confronted him with that story, that is the moment David's heart broke. He repented and began to turn from his way. David knew personally the intimacy between a shepherd and a sheep. And in Psalm 23, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, what's the big deal about lying down? It's comfortable. He makes me lie down. He's my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, it's, it's good to study about the, uh, the nature of sheep here. What's fascinating about sheep is sheep will never lay, lie down. They will never lie down. They will eat, but they will never lie down. Even in the greenest of pastures, sheep will not lie down unless four requirements are met. Number one, the sheep must feel, fear, uh, the sheep must feel free from the fear of predators. Secondly, the the sheep must feel free from the fear of rivalry and competition and tension among the sheep. Third, the sheep must feel free from the fear of torment from parasites and insects. And number four, the sheep must feel free from the fear of hunger. Now, if any of these things are, are, are on the sheep's heart, the sheep will not lie down. Now, so for David to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures, this means that just as a sheep must be free from all these fears in order to lie down, David experienced freedom from all his fears in the presence of his shepherd. Even in the face of incredible opposition, even when armies were besieging him, David was able to find a freedom from all fear. To say in those moments, the Lord is still my shepherd. He makes me lie down. Sheep, they have incredible intimacy with their shepherd. And I know I pointed out that sheep are not very smart. But we can learn a thing or two about intimacy from sheep. And so, you see, by nature, God has created sheep in a certain way. That their very nature teaches us about intimacy. Okay, so I'm going to just point out three lessons about intimacy that we can learn from sheep. 
So if you're taking notes, here's number one. Number one. Sheep trust the shepherd. By nature, sheep trust the shepherd. The image that you get from Psalm 23 is that of trust. Sheep do not try to be independent. Sheep don't try to find their own grass. Sheep don't overanalyze every move of their shepherd. And sheep don't run off in circles, panicking about where they're going to get their next meal. Sheep just trust their shepherd. And when the shepherd is in charge, sheep, they have nothing to worry about. And sheep, they trust the shepherd to protect and take care of them. And this trust fuels the intimacy that they are able to experience. Let me give you another analogy. Sheep are like babies. By nature, if you guys go on to have babies, right? By nature, you will notice that babies trust their mama. But mamas don't have to say, hey, baby, trust me. Baby, trust me. Baby, trust me. You know, every time the, you pick up the baby, the baby's not going, where are you taking me? Hey, hey I don't like this. <laughs> All right. The baby's just calm. Mama don't have to teach the baby to trust. By nature, the baby trusts the mama. And because of that trust, mothers and babies experience incredible intimacy with each other during that stage of their life. You don't see babies crawling around at a supermarket trying to pick up their own diaper, right? I mean, she, my babies by nature, all right, they trust their mama. And what I'm saying is I'm not saying that we should be dumb like sheep or immature like babies. But what I am saying is we can gain a greater intimacy with the Lord if we will learn how to trust God like a sheep does. If we will understand by nature, we are to trust God like a baby does. And, you know, sometimes life can get very scary. And in those moments, it's very hard to trust. Uh, We may feel like we're walking through a valley, a very dark and dangerous valley. But the Bible says here in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Even when things look dark and dangerous and uncertain. When the shepherd is with you. You don't have to hold on to any of those fears. You can let them go. I mean imagine a baby. You carry a baby through like a really dangerous neighborhood in Philadelphia. Or you go through West Philly. You go through... Uh, East Hardham, you go through Best Iverson in Brooklyn. That baby is not going to panic. That baby is just going to just trust their mama to fight off any gang members that may attack. <laughs> right? Well, in that way, when you are held in the arms of the shepherd, I'm telling you right now, you don't have to fear what's going on around you. Even if your environment changes, you go through a difficult, dangerous environment. You don't have to panic. The shepherd's still holding on to you. In fact, the Bible gives us an incredible image of this. In Psalm, uh, Isaiah 40, chapter uh, 40, verse 11. Turn there. Isaiah 40, verse 11. It's a beautiful picture of intimacy. 
And it's using the sheep and shepherd analogy. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. It says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with the young. In, one, in the NIV translation, it says, He will carry them close to his heart. The shepherd is going to gather, pick you up, and hold you close to his bosom. What a beautiful picture of intimacy between a shepherd and his sheep. Brothers and sisters, if you will truly believe Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11, if you truly are rooted in this picture of intimacy, no matter what goes on around you, you will not fear. For he is with you. So, you know, this is a powerful imagery. I want you to like get this, burn, tattoo it into your mind. You know, we have too many Christians who have heard about the shepherd, but they refuse to truly trust the shepherd. They rather do things their own way. And so they end up carrying around all kinds of fears and anxieties because they think the only one that they can really trust is themselves. When you refuse to trust the shepherd, your life begins to look like a sheep without a shepherd. And this is how Jesus, this, uh, the Gospels described what it looks like when sheep don't have a shepherd. There's, there's a couple imageries, but here's one from the Gospels. Matthew 9:36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Have you felt... Harassed and helpless? Well, the answer to that, brothers and sisters, is learn how to trust the shepherd. You see, you are not a sheep without a shepherd. Satan may say that to you. Where is your shepherd? You're like a sheep without a shepherd. Look at you. Nobody cares for you. Nobody wants to take care of you. Nobody wants to mentor you. Right? But I'll tell you, that's a lie of the enemy. You are not a sheep without a shepherd. You are a sheep with a shepherd. Hallelujah. And that shepherd loves to have intimacy with his sheep. He doesn't just want that title and position. He wants relationship. He wants personal love relationship with his sheep. But I'm telling you, that level of intimacy will, will always be blocked Unless you are willing to increase your level of trust to the shepherd. Let the shepherd take care of you, brothers and sisters. So let me, let me check this out. Be a good sheep. Every time you don't trust the shepherd, you're being a bad sheep. You bad sheep. <laughs> right. Be a good sheep. And number one, trust the shepherd. Number two, the nature of sheep is... Sheep follow the shepherd. If you go back to Psalm 23, flip back to Psalm 23, keep your, um, keep your marker there. If you didn't know, most Bibles have this little ribbon. This is a bookmark, in case you all didn't know. Okay, just put that on Psalm 23. Yeah, I know, I help you guys every week discover something new. Put that on there, so we can go always come back to Psalm 23. Look at verse 2 and verse 3. 
the latter half of verse 2 says, He leads me besides quiet, still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What does a shepherd do? He leads. And what do the sheep do? By nature, the sheep, they follow. They don't know anything else. It is your very nature is to follow the shepherd. And, you know, you experience incredible intimacy when you are just following the shepherd around. You know, little children, they understand the nature of sheep. They have a little nursery rhyme that goes, Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleet was white as snow. Everywhere that Mary went, Mary went, Mary went. Everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. Why did the lamb follow Mary around everywhere? Because the lamb didn't know nothing else. Sheep follow their shepherd. Right? Um, And a shepherd, by nature, they don't stay in one place. Especially during the winter months. You know, they got to, they got to, they got to. Lead the flock into green pastures. They got to lead the flock to go get water. Right? And so there's always constant change. And they got to move from place to place. Now, check this out. If you saw a shepherd leading a flock of like 20 sheep. And let's say that as that shepherd's like, come on sheep. We're going down to the valley and finding some greener pastures. Right? And they're going down to the valley. And as you watch, let's say you're watching like the National Geographic Channel. And, you know, there's a documentary on sheep and shepherds. And, you know, observe the shepherd. Now, as he proceeds to the valley, the sheep are following him with his every call. Notice this one sheep in the back, wandering off by himself. Observe now, as a coyote eats him up. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, But if you see that little sheep out of that group, all the sheep are being good sheep. They're following the shepherd. And then one sheep's like, meh. And starts going off on its own. You would go, man, sheep are dumb. But that sheep is really dumb. (laughs) What are you doing, sheep? Don't you know you're helpless? Don't you know you got no defense mechanism? You better get back on that flock. Go follow the shepherd. Right? And um, because, you know, that lone sheep's vulnerable to all kinds of predators. I mean, sheep are the easiest form of meat on planet Earth. You know, all kinds of... Of, of um, very harmless animals eat sheep. Do you guys know? Cats eat sheep. But here, here's a shocker. Dogs eat sheep. Dogs. You know, those, when they bite you, come on, dog, come on, bite my hand. <laughs> that tickles. <laughs> you know, when you let a dog bite your hand, you know, most dogs, unless you're, you got a pit bull and the pit bull gets angry. But you know, most dogs, they're harmless. But you know, in, in America, the majority of sheep fatalities are the result of dogs running loose in the sheep field and eating the sheep during the night. Sheep are so defenseless. In fact, uh, they're also eaten by ravens. What? How do they, how you get eaten by ravens? They're, they're birds. I guess they got to use some teamwork because you know, the ravens aren't that big. But the sheep, they're just like, eh. Raven comes, starts eating his neck. Eh. Sheep are so vulnerable. 
And it's important that that sheep follows the shepherd at all times. Um, actually, scientists have observed that in regions where sheep have no natural predators, sheep tend not to flock together as much. That's when you need them dogs like, <laughs> and, you know, and you know, they herd the sheep together. You know what I'm talking about? The sheep dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry about that. But, you know, the sheep dogs, you know what I'm talking about, right? In regions where there's not as many natural predators, the sheep, they don't flock together as much. Isn't that interesting? I mean, it, it shows us something very similar in the church. You go, to, you go to countries where the church is persecuted, you will find churches that stay together. But you go to countries like America, Western world, where there's not that much persecution, what do you see? You see it everywhere. Christians just going off on their own. Sheep that don't know how to flock together. Sheep that don't understand the importance of community. Sheep that don't understand how important it is to follow the shepherd. They just go off on their own. I think it's just so interesting how God created the nature of sheep to teach us so many spiritual lessons. Brothers and sisters, in the Western world, I mean, and most of us represent the Western world, we, we, so many Christians are living like dumb sheep. They just go off on their own. And the shepherd tries to lead them and they refuse to follow. The shepherd tries to keep them within a community where they can be safe. But they continue to go out and do their things their own way. A lot of Christians, they need to learn how to be better sheep. They need to learn the nature of sheep. They need to learn that they are sheep. And they need to, they need to act like sheep. Follow their shepherd. And you know what? Something really cool is, look at Psalm 23, verse 6. Look at this. Check this out. When you follow the shepherd, there are things that start to follow you. You know, some people like say, you know, it seems like danger is always following you around. Well, danger is my middle name. You know, in the movies you watch, you know, the things that follow people around, right? Well, here, here, same thing with Christians. When you follow the shepherd closely, things start to follow you. Look at verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Hallelujah. I'm just following the shepherd and guess what's following me? Oh, hey, goodness. Hey, mercy. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Not just sometimes when a shepherd feels like it. It's like all the, all the days of my life, you can count on it. Goodness and mercy. Isn't that so good? Isn't that so good? And not only that, check out the last line. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's another picture of intimacy. You follow the shepherd. Goodness and mercy follows you. And guess what? You will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You will be in his presence. You will be close to his heart forever. It's a beautiful picture of intimacy. Number two, sheep follow their shepherd. Number three, sheep... Hear and know the voice of the shepherd. Those two words are very important. Sheep, they hear the voice of the shepherd. They also know the voice of the shepherd. Now, before we cover this last point, 
We have to recognize that Psalm 23 here is actually messianic. It is a description of the Messiah. Okay? Uh, there are two significant portions of scripture that explicitly prophesy the Messiah coming like a shepherd. Okay, I want you to turn there with me. Ezekiel chapter 34. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Ezekiel chapter 34. I'm going to read this together. So if you're able, just go ahead and turn there. Ezekiel 34. If you want to put your finger at Ezekiel, and those who are quick, you can turn to Micah 5 4 as well. That's the other passage. Micah 5 4. Micah is a small book, it might be hard to find. If you can't find it, just listen. Ezekiel 34, verse 11 and 12. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And if you want to underline, on a day of clouds and thick darkness, that's also prophetic. I won't get into that. Look at verse 15 and 16. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make them lie down. Sound a little familiar? Declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. Look at verse 22. I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. I will judge between sheep and sheep and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. And he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. Okay. If you didn't quite get that, that's talking about the Messiah. Okay. I mean, God is making it so clear. He says, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. And later on, he says, he will be prince among them. Right. Jesus is often called the prince of peace. This is, this is a messianic prophecy here. Look at Micah 5, 4. Micah 5, 4 says, He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Now, this was just talking about a good leader that is to come. He wouldn't talk about his greatness reaching to the ends of the earth. This is messianic, brothers and sisters. All right. These two significant portions of scripture, it shows us that the shepherd analogy is used for the Messiah. That the Messiah that is prophesied, that is to come, that he is pictured as a shepherd. Right. Now, um, many years after these prophecies were given, Jesus was born into the world. And Jesus pointed to these passages now, the Jews didn't realize this when they were hearing it. They probably figured it out later. But Jesus is pointing to these passages, including Psalm 23. And you know what he says in John 10 11? He said, I am 
the good shepherd. I mean, if these Pharisees, these guys that knew the scriptures in and out, if they really knew the scriptures, if they knew the heart of God, they would have understood when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, that Jesus is talking about messianic prophecy. He's talking about, I fulfill messianic prophecy. So when you look at Psalm 23, I want you to see it in a new light. Psalm 23 is talking about the Messiah. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. And going back to the point number three I'm about to make. And by nature, scientists have studied that by nature, sheep, they have an ability to recognize both the voice and face of a human being for many, many, many years. You know, you ever look at a dog... And you're like, I remember I had a little chihuahua named Lily. And I would, I would love that chihuahua from when it was a baby. And I just fed that chihuahua, cleaned up his urine, cleaned up his thong, you know. I care for that little chihuahua. And I remember going off on a trip or something and coming home. And Lily going crazy. Oh, Lily, it's me. Lily, calm down. Lily, it's me. And Lily could not recognize my face or my voice. I said, man, you dumb dog, it's me. Here, smell me. (laughs) Why? Because dogs don't really recognize their master's face. But they recognize the smell. Because dogs have this incredible sense of smell. But sheep, they've they've observed that sheep can recognize the face of their shepherd. And the voice of their shepherd. You know why? It's because by nature, God has created sheep to know, to hear and know. The voice of their shepherd. And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 3 to 4. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. And leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own. He goes before them. And the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. The sheep hear his voice. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. By nature, brothers and sisters, sheep hear and know the voice of their shepherd. Check it out. Jesus said, sheep hear the voice of their shepherd. And not only he hears the voice, but it says here, the shepherd calls the sheep by name. Anyone understand here that Jesus is probably teaching on Calvinism. Y'all, y'all don't get it? All right. Anyway, Jesus isn't like, hey, sheep, just come. And whoever is willing to come, you follow me. Jesus is like, I know my sheep. I, the sheep hear my voice. And I call them out by name. So when God saves, brothers and sisters, this is just, I always like to test your theology and kind of challenge you to search the scriptures. When God saves, God saves people by name. It's not like, hey, hey, somebody in the crowd, believe in my son and be saved. It's like God's like, nope, Crystal, I want you to come and know me. And God releases his grace and calls Crystal by name and draws her near. And if you read the rest of that passage, Jesus actually talks about how uh, he cannot lose any of the ones that the Father has given him. Anyway, uh, enough on Calvinism. Let's move on. Um, It says here, 
Jesus says the sheep follow him and they know his voice. When you become a Christian, Jesus becomes your shepherd. And when you become and you become a sheep and by virtue of becoming his sheep, you now have let me give you some good news. You now have the ability to hear and know the voice of your shepherd. It's not a maybe, it's not for just the pastors. It is not just for the mature Christians. The moment you become a Christian, you become his sheep. And by nature of being his sheep, you have the ability to hear and know the voice of the shepherd. All sheep have this ability. But you see, Satan likes to deceive you and cause you to doubt whether you have this ability or not. Uh, Even when you look in the Garden of Eden, how does Satan attack Adam and Eve? It wasn't like, hey, eat this apple. Doesn't it look good? And Eve is like, oh, duh, okay. No, Satan comes up to them and says, come on, eat of this tree. And Eve is like, whoa, (laughs) no way. God said, if we eat of that tree, we're going to die. And Satan goes, did God really say? What's Satan trying to do? He was trying to get Eve to doubt her ability to hear the voice of God. And when she started to doubt it, what did she do? She was tempted easily into sin. I'm telling you right now, brothers and sisters, if you, a lot of reasons why so many Christians are backsliding out there and why they're not living godly lives, it's not because they don't love Jesus. I mean, they love Jesus. They've sung the songs. They've been at retreats where they've cried and felt the love of God. And they still go right back into the world. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? It's because many of them do not believe that they have the ability to hear and know the voice of their shepherd. They think their pastors have that ability. But when they're not able to have access to their pastor, what do they, where do they go? They just go, go off and do their own thing. You see, when you don't, when you, when you're not able to hear the voice of the Lord... That's when you are so vulnerable to all kinds of lies and temptations. Brothers and sisters, I want you to catch this. By nature, sheep have the ability to hear and know the voice of their shepherd. In a book called Hearing God by Dallas Willard, he said it this way. He said, if God doesn't still speak today then the worst thing that we could ever do is to tell somebody that they can have a personal relationship with God. If God doesn't still speak today, then the worst thing that we could ever do is to tell someone that they can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, if God doesn't still speak to his people, then God's people really can't have a personal intimate relationship with him. And that's why so many Christians have trouble with intimacy. Because they're trying to have intimacy without hearing from the Lord. You know, our church's theme for this year is intimacy. I'll tell you right now, if you want to experience greater intimacy with God in this year, it is essential. It is not optional. It is essential that you learn how to hear his voice. Not only hear it, but know that it's him. 
And uh, if you want to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord, that's a whole different sermon. I'm not going to get into that today. But I'll leave you with one analogy you can take with you. Because, you know, hearing the voice... I can't get into it. It's going to take too long. Here's an analogy to, you can take with you. All right. When I was a kid, I used to love prank calling people. I still do it here and there, right? You know, call up my friends, and they'd be like, hello? I'd be like, yo, yo, who is this? Yo, man, I'm going to kill you, man. I've been seeing you out in the yard. I heard you talked about my mama. Yo, yo, I ain't talking about nobody's mama. No, I heard you talk about my mama. I'm going to kill you. Who are you? Who are you? Yo, I'm going to kill you. Ah, I'm just kidding, man. It's me. <laughs> yo, man, you crazy. You stupid, man. Why are you doing that? Well, I used to do it all the time. I love doing it. I mean, I, would, I, I think I, I used to do it to, like, my, my, uh, anyway, my, my uncles and stuff. And they, they, they would be like, what a strange boy. What are you doing? <laughs> I just got such a kick out of prank calling people. And, and, and the radio stations used to do this in the mornings. I used to love listening in. But, you know, as I got older, there are certain people that I cannot prank call. For example, my mama. I'll call my mom and be like, in Korean, I'll, I'll be like, Yobusu. All right? I just say that one line, Yobusu. And, and I try to disguise my voice, Yobusu. First thing she says, Adara. <laughs> How did you know it was me? Adara means son, my son. <clears throat> you know, Or even like my sister, I can't really prank call her anymore, right? Now, why, why is it there are certain people that I can't prank call no more? How, how do they recognize my voice so easily? It's because they spent time with me. That's it right there. You want to know how to hear and know his voice easily? Well, here's a big key. You got to spend time with him. The more time you spend with him, the first word that comes out of the voice of the Lord, you will know that it's him. You don't have to like hear a prophecy and go, God, is that you? And then struggle with it and, and wait for three confirmations and a vision, you know, for you to move out on it. I mean, the, the more you spend time with him, the more you will learn to be confident in your ability to hear and know his voice. So, you know, that's just a real simple analogy, you know, and there's other practical tips I can give you, but that's a different sermon. Now, I just want to close with this. I mentioned earlier that in the Old Testament, there are all these prophecies about the shepherd. And I told you that these prophecies about the shepherd is actually prophecies about the Messiah. But what's interesting is the Bible also talks about prophecies that, have to, that describe, not a shepherd, but there's prophecies that describe sheep. Let me read to you one. Isaiah 53, verse 7. Just, just listen, listen to this one. Isaiah 53, verse 7. It says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. 
like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before it shearers. So he did not open his mouth. There's these Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah coming as the shepherd. But what we need to understand as well is there are Old Testament prophecy that talks about the Messiah coming as sheep. Brothers and sisters, for you to become his sheep, he became your sheep. And he was slaughtered. He was tortured, afflicted, and killed like a sheep, like a Passover lamb. He was killed because of our sin. So that he could take our sin and get it out of the way and clothe us with robes of righteousness. So that we can have intimacy with him. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. You know what he said next after that? I am the good shepherd. And then he said next, he said, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I want us to revisit and understand I don't want to just encourage you to just experience intimacy with God like a sheep does with a shepherd. I want to share with you the very thing that enables you to have intimacy with the shepherd. And it is the death of that shepherd. It is that shepherd becoming like a sheep for you and for me. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe today God wants to have intimacy with each and every one of you. He's proven that for us by giving his son. And laying down, the son laid down his life so that he can be your shepherd. Why would you deny that shepherd access to your heart? Why would you ever run from that shepherd? He's looking out for your best interests, I'll tell you that. Our heads, close our eyes.